Hello. Good morning. This is Peter John. Welcome to our radio program for the day, Rogue Grace. And tonight, at 7 o'clock, we'll be experiencing both Rogue and Grace, or something like that, as we gather together for our Bible study. Thank you for tuning in. You know what? I gotta admit something. I have to confess something. It used to be (laughs) that I had to have two radio programs every day because I couldn't say all that I wanted to say within one hour. So I was graciously given two hours of radio per day. And this is where the confession comes in. Um, I'm having a hard time now filling one hour. (laughs) Quite frankly. Um, After coming out of the hospital, where I was for five or six weeks, and then at home for a couple of weeks, um, I'm having a difficult time of sorts filling up one hour with content that at least might be acceptable or adequate of sorts. (laughs) And I know why my brain is either still recovering or (laughs) may never fully recover at all. Probably the the second (laughs) and I'm fine with that let me tell you why I have a peace even though my brain is still trying to come back if even that and that would be the peace of God that doesn't come from understanding but passes all understanding That's the beautiful thing. That's the wonderful thing that is keeping me and sustaining me and blessing me maybe more than ever before. See, it says in the book of Philippians chapter four, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I like that. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts listen to this and your minds in Christ Jesus where does this come from this peace that guards your heart and your mind the verse before says do not be anxious about anything but in everything By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I think that's interesting that the Bible commands me, us, not to be anxious. That's a commandment. 
I would have assumed, had it not been in this scripture, that anxiety, anxiousness, so to speak, is out of my control. I would have thought it's an emotion or it's an experience within that I'm angry about or upset with or stressed out about, but it's not my fault. However, Philippians chapter 4 says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay, Lord, if you command me to do that, I'll try. I will, but with your hand, Lord, I will. I'm not going to be anxious because why? I am in prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. So those things that you're anxious about, what you do is you pray about them. And then it says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. So those things that you're feeling anxious about, or that thing, perhaps, you cast it upon the Lord, you give it to him. Not once, maybe once an hour, maybe more, I don't know. But when you start feeling that anxiety, you take it and you give it to God. And then it says the peace of God. That it says surpasses all understanding. See, I think most of the time, many of us want a peace of God that comes from understanding. That's, that's how I work. Lord, help me understand how this is all going to work out when I have issues with my brain, literally. <laughs> or maybe for you, it's something in your family, financially. Lord, how is this all going to work out? You know what? Rarely, never in my life, has the Lord spoken audibly and said, this is what's going to happen. (laughs) That would be nice, but that's not the way that the New Testament, and that's not the way that the New Covenant works. God is, is bigger, deeper, richer than speaking into my ear audibly. That will happen when this life is over, when I see God face to face. But right now, right now, he gives me a peace that passes understanding. That's what I need. Is that what you need? Probably. I would think so. So... What do you do? It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. With prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That's what you do. Thank God, pray to God. And it's not even in that order. It says prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You you make your request known to God and then you thank him for what he's going to do or is doing. You just thank him right there. Try that. See if you are as 
anxious as you once were or bummed as you were before, you know what? You won't be. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. Lord, I pray for Applegate Christian Fellowship. I thank you that you're hearing my voice and that there are even people listening right now that are agreeing with me as I pray for our church that you would pour out your Holy Spirit in a new, fresh way today and tonight, that there would be a beautiful season in this Christmas time, that people would have their lives changed, their needs met. Bless us, Lord, emotionally, spiritually, even financially, each one of us that go to this church in Jesus' name. We'll be right back.
right now I'm having to keep better notes of what I'm going to say than I did before because both I'm getting older but also of what I've gone through the past several weeks and even months so the thing I the reason I say that is because I didn't write it down this time like I should like I usually do and I have completely forgotten what I was supposed to say <laughs> uh, I'm laughing at myself and I'm hoping that things get better and I'm praying that they do and if not then God has a plan and a purpose for my life that might be different than I had pictured okay speaking of a life that is different than he had imagined or pictured. We're looking at the story of Jonah. Okay? And it says in Jonah chapter 2 at the last verse, which we saw yesterday, and the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah upon the dry land. The Lord had prepared a fish in the midst of the sea, the Mediterranean, most likely. To actually save Jonah. And he made a beautiful prayer in that fish that we saw yesterday. He said, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice. And he goes on to say all kinds of beautiful things. He says, for example, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. I mean, just beautiful things in the belly of a fish. And that fish would then, after those beautiful prayers and praises, then it says it, vomited Jonah upon the dry land because the Lord spoke to the fish. And you might be right now in a tight spot like Jonah was. You might feel like you are trapped or stuck. You can't move. That's okay. Start like Jonah, praising God in the midst, in the belly of the whale. <laughs> My dad brought up a great point over the years about this story. The whale is moving. <laughs> Isn't that a great point? I think so. <laughs> Even while Jonah was in the belly of that fish, it was moving. Jonah didn't know where it was going. He had no idea that God was directing him to where he was supposed to be in the first place. Jonah didn't. He's just praising God in the belly of the fish. And, and you might not know where in the world God is taking you or your situation is going. Just start praising God in the middle of the belly, in the place you're in right now. Because it's going to end up good. Why do I know that? Because Romans chapter 8 does not say most things work together for good. Romans chapter 8 says all things work together for good. To who? To who? To them that love God. 
Can I tell you something? I love God. I do. I love him. I respect him. And you know what? Even what I'm going through and have gone through, I know that it's going to work together for good. How about you? Do you know that? Because it is. All things work together for good to them that love God. We'll be right back. Justified Because of you I have been justified Jesus you have made me new inside Inside Sanctified Because of you I'm being sanctified I was dead, but I've been made alive, alive in you. You took my filthy rags. You took my filthy rags. You took my filthy rags And gave me robes of righteousness Justified Because of you I have been justified Jesus, you have made me new inside, inside, sanctified, because of you I'm being sanctified, I was dead but I've been made alive, alive. Took my filthy rags. You took my filthy rags. You took my filthy rags and gave me robes of righteousness. Oh, I don't want to wear this shame anymore. 
the fish and it vomited Jonah upon the dry land the Lord spoke to the fish now in what language I'm not sure somehow in whale tongue or something the Lord was able to use the right tones you know how they speak? I don't know how. You know, like Dory <laughs> in the movie. So, see how bad my memory is? I can't even remember the movie Dory was in. Do you remember? Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Thank you. <laughs> That's how bad my brain is right now. But the Lord spoke to the fish and when the Lord wants you to get out of the fish you're in, <laughs> the jam you're in, the tight spot you're in, he'll speak to it. You don't have to speak. See, so many people in the church put the emphasis on you speaking and the word of your faith. Guess what? Faith is a gift from God. And it's not about your faith so much. And even that is a gift of God. It's about God speaking to the, the fish, to the tight spot, to the whale of the problem that you are in. And he will when it's time. Until then, do what Jonah did. Start, start taking inventory of the goodness of God. Of God. And you watch and see, it won't even matter that you're in the belly of fish. You have God and his presence. In chapter 3, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. I think that often... No, I think that every time God gives us a word or an instruction and he won't move on. <laughs> he doesn't say, okay, you didn't do that, so let's do this. I think so much like Jonah, it's as though God is saying, I'm going to keep giving you the same instruction and the same word until you obey it. Step one, okay, before step two. I think often we think, Lord, why don't you speak to me? He says, I did, and I have. Why don't you do what I say to do? <laughs> and then I'll give you another step, Pete. Another direction. Another vision. 
And so that's what the Lord does with Jonah. He gives him, it says, the second time saying, go to Nineveh, that great city. That word, that great city, literally in the Hebrew is a great city to God. Isn't that amazing? Nineveh wasn't just a great city. It was a great city to God. Those people who were stacking skulls, using skin for furniture. You, you probably have heard of all the war stories and the tales of the Ninevites. They surely were rebelling against the Lord, living hedonistically, and yet the Lord says, I love that great city. And because I love that great city, Jonah, call out against it. Sometimes God displays his love by having us speak, not for someone, but out against some things, things that are going on. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Pretty smart, Jonah. Glad you got the clue. You got the idea. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Three days journey in breadth. Again, just like earlier when it says a great city. Again, it could be now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city to God, literally. <laughs> you know, so think about that for a minute. Think about that. Here's this city from which we read from archaeologists and historians was brutal with pyramids of skulls, human skin as means to furnish things, and all kinds of craziness with chains and hooks. Brutal! And yet God says, I love that city. Twice! To Jonah. It's a great city to God, it says. And that's so amazing that even the Bible that I'm reading doesn't put it like that. They say a great city, but they don't say the whole, it's a great city to God because, oh, well, it must just mean a great city. No, a great city to God. God loves the world. God has a plan for the world and he wants to use Jonah's like you and like me to share his power, his peace. Even if we have to speak against it, fine. But it's because God loves the city.
whale is moving. <laughs> That's what my dad always preached from this story of Jonah and the whale. That the whale is moving. You might not know how or when or where, but it's moving. It's not for nothing. All things work together for good to them that love God. He's orchestrating it all. He's using, he's guiding, he's directing. And everything is working together for the good. The whale is moving. My point is the difficulty, the trial, the tragedy, the heartache that you are either in or have been in or will be in, it all has a point, a purpose, a plan. The whale is moving. All things work together for the good to them that love God. He is in full control. And he's going to use everything in your life to get you in that plan A. That's all he has for you. A plan A. No plan D or F or N. Just a plan A. That's what I believe. Because it says in our text, And the Lord spoke a second time to Jonah after he gets spit out by that fish. The dude probably is naked now. The dude is probably white from the gastric juices. The dude probably is not looking the best. But the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. And the word of the Lord is going to come to you. And it's going to be worked through you. All things are working together for good. We'll be right back to finish the show. And I want to share a few things after this. When I lose my way And I forget my name Remind me who I am All I see is who I don't want to be Remind me who I am In the loneliest places When I can't remember what grace is Tell me once again Who I am to you Who I am like a stone and I'm running far from home remind me who I am when I can't receive your love afraid I'll never be enough remind me who I am if I'm your beloved can you help me Again, who I am to you, who I am to you. Whoa. 
Lest I forget who I am to you, that I belong to you. So in this story that we're looking at, Jonah and Nineveh, the guy has to go to a city that was completely out of control, that was completely whacked, but he finally got there. So let me ask you a question. Is the Lord directing you to places that you go, this is whacked. I'm, I, I don't know why he's directing me here. That's okay. You don't need to know. The Lord is in control and he has a plan and a purpose. And, and you might wonder, why am I here or why do I have to go there? Because the Lord has a plan and a purpose. And, and when we, most often I think we go, I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> the Lord will get you there one way or another. <laughs> so it says the story of Jonah and the great fish. And the Lord will get you and me to the place we're supposed to be. I don't I can't speak about tomorrow, but I know for today I I'm where I'm supposed to be. My kids are being blessed by their grandparents, who are my parents and Amanda's mom. They just love them. They're here. Not in California, they're here. And the church. They love coming to Monday night to listen to Ben or the Sunday school for the little guys. And I love coming here. And my wife, she's studying to be a nurse now. So I can see, begin to see. Lord, okay, I was down in California and you had me there and it was great. But now you got me here and ah, wow, what a blessing. That's cool. So, all things are working together for the good. They really are. Why don't you, why don't I, in the meantime, set our minds and our hearts in a place of gratitude and thankfulness? In fact, I challenge you to do that right now. Right now, start praising God, thanking God. Just thank Him for some things. I'm telling you, it won't make you bitter. It'll make you better. May the Lord bless you. I'll talk to you. This is Peter John tomorrow. And we'll rebroadcast this at 3 and tonight. Come join us for Proverbs. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you there. God bless.